And good morning and welcome to The Age Stage, a program that looks at the issues and happenings of older people. Brought to you by The Village Baxter, The Village Glen and Encore Living for that regional alternative. And today, Steve, we have with us Mr Tom Camp from Encore Living. Welcome, Tom. Great, it's good to be here. So, Steve, how's your week been? Crazy. I don't know if you can see, I've got all these cuts and bruises and things all over my hands because I decided, gee, it'd be a really good idea to go out there and do some gardening and do some trimming oh. on the thorny lemon tree. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, There's a reason they invented gloves. I found there that is. out. You know? Yes, there certainly <laughs> is. So I'm recovering, yeah. And there's a reason that you can call a man and a man comes around and does that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. yeah, I was yeah. going to talk to you about that later. You've got a number, haven't you? I've got a number. I've got Lots of numbers. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. So, point. okay, Tom, so welcome Thank you. to the show. We haven't had you on for a while. We want no. to hear all about what's happening with Encore Living. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, well, actually, it's partly been pretty busy because we've um, we actually uh, released the third and fourth stages at uh, TRAF. Really? So we've just, um, as what often happens in a, and particularly in a new community, um, people sort of look at you. Uh, there's a quite a large investment, you know. Take Encore Traff would be around about forty million bucks, mm-hmm. and um, they sort of look at you and they go, "Are you going to be here? What's going to happen?" Mm. Uh, but what most people don't realise is that investment in retirement is actually uh, it's almost a generational thing mm. uh, because once somebody actually comes and pays you money and moves in mm. they turn up the next day and look at you and say tom you've promised me the world yes. now you have to deliver yeah so it's not like a traditional development or property play where um and i i say this with all due respect wham bam thank you ma'am mm. traditional development um you would buy the land as cheap as you can you would build the buildings as cheap as you can and you would sell it at the highest price you could get. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't get the luxury of doing that. You know, an ounce of prevention for me is a pound of cure. And my particular age group has a um, has an age and disposition of they see everything and they'll tell you everything that's wrong with the mm. house if it's wrong. Yes. <laughs> Fortunately at Encore, we build wonderful homes. Oh. <laughs> Mastercraft <laughs> builders stuff, you know. Very how it is. good. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so how many people would be living so, oh, resident well, in Well, that? can I, I'll talk to you about yeah. the two key ones. Yeah. Eastwood, um, which was uh, originally, um, that was the first one in Gippsland, mm-hmm. East Gippsland. We started that uh, during 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a total of 162 villas plus wow. communal facilities. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I can announce that there's only seven that haven't got their name on it at the moment. And wow. we've even got waiting lists for Fantastic. for the resales. So that's Amazing. been really cool. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, a again, slightly different concept um, that I went for compared with, say, Peter and uh, Stu in that... Um, I, I try and create environments for independent living with activity mm. as opposed to I'm not focused totally on the full care and going on mm. to aged care, which mm-hmm. those guys do very, very well. Mm. Uh, because my constituents, if if they have to move into an aged care, will actually probably move out of the district to yeah. be close to children yes. because right. a lot of the regional um, centres and cities, uh, their children don't live there anymore. Yes. So when they get to a point that they may need to move into aged care, uh, then they'll actually leave. Mm-hmm. So whilst we have good relationships in the towns with um, the appropriate providers, 
Um, yeah. So that was pretty cool. So I put, we put together with another chap about a 20 mil shopping center and had mm. medical, uh, center, uh, facilities in it plus pharmacy and so on. Wow. So, you know, on the opposite side of the road, childcare and then the largest primary school on the other corner. So it's, it's, it's we introduced convenience to Bensdale, mm. isn't that? Mm. That sounds a bit corny, but everybody was in, in mode down there, like, Oh yes, I can get a park if I go down that side street at ten to seven mm. on a Thursday night. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas now with the shopping centre there, uh, they can just breeze in, breeze out. Yeah. It's great for our residents. That's sort of their walk every second day. Yeah. And would the would the people that live there would they be mainly from the Gippsland area, or are you finding that people you know are moving regionally from you know like the pen- peninsula or inner city? Okay. Um, the reality is the populations are in those centres to support themselves. Mm. In saying that, it is a little bit of a destination location. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've always talked about, the regional alternative is a lot more um, affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so therefore people, and we've had people moving from um, cities, not mm-hmm. not just Melbourne, but mm-hmm. interstate as well. Mm. Uh, I think the bulk of our clientele, when I say the bulk, about 78% would be local. Mm. Uh, interestingly, we picked up, I reckon around, it sounded like very Kiwi, didn't it? Paved up. Yeah, I said, right. Up. I've learned how to talk through my nose, Steve, you know, so I can, I do sound like an Aussie now. I've been here 30 years, I suppose I should. You should, yeah. We won't talk about the rugby. Crusaders won. <laughs> so, so we promise not to talk about that That's today. Right. Um, we won't go there. We, we won't go there. But what actually happened was a lot of people when they first retired actually went up to Marimbula. Uh, Naruma, that's yes. right. and that's yeah. sort of south yeah. um, yeah, south coast of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And when they all went, they were sort of mid-60s, late-60s, all mm. raring to go, all good. What actually happened is they loved the lifestyle up there and the weather because it's a lot more temperate, as mm. is East Gippsland. Sure. Regional alternative, yeah, right. very, very yeah. temperate down there. Uh, fishing's great as well. Uh, but what happened was is that when they were selling up at Marimbula and Naruma and mm. wanting to come back... Mm. They actually couldn't afford to re-enter yes. the Melbourne market, market just over 15 years. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we were quite fortunate because New South Wales government uh, had committed to invest about $150 million into Bega for a new health mm. uh, precinct there, community hospital and, and, and health services. Mm. It hadn't actually occurred. So we picked up a lot of 77 to 83-year-olds that right. were really sort of health issues mm-hmm. that really didn't want to come back to Melbourne mm. but um, actually just lobbed into Bensdale really mm. well. So I'd suggest probably that was about 10, maybe 12% of people. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is um, uh, destination people. Uh, in saying that, our inquiry for the Painesville Village, which hasn't started yet, the Encore Living Painesville, um, is pretty strong. And that's that's come really from West Gippsland and Melbourne because mm. – of the canals and the, yeah. obviously the lakes, and yeah. it's been a destination location down there. But has has anything been done about the mosquito issue down at Painesville? Paula, yes, we don't have mosquitoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you right. come, if you come to I an encore village, there, not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, look, there's, there's, we get enough water down there, and as yeah. long as the water's moving around, it's yeah. not too bad. I think okay. there's locations like Locksport and those sort of places. Yeah. They are really have a strong reputation for that. Yeah. But, um, I around the Meetungs, to... Lakes Entrance. And, oh, Meetungs, um, beautiful. It's, it mm. is. I haven't been down that way for a long time, but I believe the infrastructure has built up a lot in recent years. Is mm. that correct? 
Well, again, Painesville and, and actually East Gippsland is an interesting, an interesting place culturally. Mm. Uh, but about 30 years ago, there were some guys down there that really quite visionary. They did canals. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, that sort of really put Painesville on the map. Right. Um, uh, you've still got your barge across to mm, Raymond yes. Island. <laughs> and uh, and it sort of, as I said, it made it a destination location. Mm. When I first went down there and did my research for <laughs> retirement, you really laugh. I met so many people that had that lived in Bensdale and worked in Bensdale and had holiday oh, homes in Painesville, oh, really? like wow. So, so you know, like as when the kids broke up school holidays, that's where they all went. Right, mm. right. And of course, they commuted back to work progressively through the holidays. So, from a lifestyle perspective, it's pretty cool. Mm. And it still represents a very economical um, option for people selling out of um, the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, as we've said on this program before, our, our infrastructure, community health infrastructure and hospitals is really good. Probably in East Gippsland anyway, uh, the, the, that system, the health networks and hospitals would employ about a, th- would be the third largest employer behind Paddy's and council. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so they, pro- they provide, they've not only got all the services there, um, it's a very economical place to go. You can, mm. uh, you can buy in down there for sort of 350 to a half a million right. and, um, and still be in a traditional home, you know, slab on ground, mm. Mm. as opposed to the manufactured housing estates, which we've been talking about. Yeah. They've been renamed. Yeah. They, are, they? they want to be known as land leased estates. Land leased estates. Yeah, okay. and, and so remember the, the the principle about that, as as opposed to what traditional retirement is, mm. yeah. is that um, you buy the home, and they're all getting pretty flash now. Mm-hmm. They're just about building them in boxes in mm. China and sending them out. But but, <laughs> but to be about. fair, they can you know the they can build them off site and then ship them in on a, on a on a mm. truck, crane mm. them in, put them all together. They're pretty cool. So the idea is to buy the home. Mm-hmm. And then you lease the land that it sits on. Okay. And um, mm. anecdotally, we had some um, uh, saw some statistics in the last uh, two weeks that would indicate that the growth of that particular segment of the market is likely to outstrip retirement sometime in the next three or four years. Wow. So my question there is, if for some reason someone was to be evicted, it's like, okay, you can go and take your home with you? Is, <laughs> is that the deal there? Or? Oh, Steve, you, you, you can tell you're new to the show. Bro, I am, you know? I know, yeah. <laughs> um, well, just... just just let, let's let, let's get that in context because sure. there's some you do get a bit of ugly media about that mm. sort of thing. Um, um, just just for the record, re- retirement legislation or retirement uh, village legislation mm. it's enshrined in state law, very strong. All the protections are there sure. for the clientele, security of tenure and security of the asset. Mm. And without going through all the details, that's very clear. Right. The rise in these um, uh, land leased. Uh, estates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We won't call them manufactured housing no. estates anymore. <laughs> no. uh, they provide a really good option for people. And as I said, the, the quality of the building is is much much better than sure. than what you would think a caravan park mm. was. But these estates are also being recognised as purpose built, and the leases they sell are long term leases, right. anything up to ninety nine years. Right. So as we, we have talked about this on the show before, Steve, we, we think unofficially there's a lot of. Um, uh, caravan parks around the country mm. uh, provide accommodation for aged people, mm. uh, but they don't have the protections of the long-term leases. Right. Um, and they're generally governed by the rental uh, law in each sure. state. 
okay, residential tenancies act here, for example, mm. relocatable homes, caravan parks. Right. Whereas the more modern day land lease estate, mm-hmm. I'm saying that really well. You I'm are, really, yeah. I'm getting this right. Doing, doing well. The more yeah. modern land lease estate, uh, very much all the protections are there. Right. And interestingly, for your listeners, is um, um, they might have seen some uh, narrative in the newspapers. Um, about 12 months ago, this current Victorian Labor government introduced some further protections for renters, mm. uh, recognising that there is a decline in home ownership and uh, therefore looking to provide more certainty and long-term tenancy arrangements. Mm. Uh, we're likely to see some changes to the Residential Tenancies Act, which mm. we haven't seen for some time, and they will begin to embrace longer-term leases than five years mm. because traditionally a rental environment uh, is doesn't really go much longer than that. No, and no. Um, uh, and again, um, Encore Living providing a regional alternative mm-hmm. provides longer leases than uh, five years, mm. and uh, that's one of the um, um, wonderful benefits of the financial arrangements we have. So, will Encore go into that space of of the land lease? At this particular point of time. Um, no. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, it, it's hot property at the moment. There's a lot of people getting into it. There's some listed um, entities, obviously, uh, Lifestyle Villages. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a major driver of this, Ingenia, some of the ones in the, uh, other states. Um, I still think there's a strong demand for traditional housing mm-hmm. amongst retirees. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just analyse it. Let's say there's 2 or 3% live in these land lease villages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's 5% of the population in our age group lives in a retirement village. Mm-hmm. What are the other yes. you know, 92% doing? Do so yeah. at the end of the day, what did you say? Couch, couch surfing. <laughs> couch surfing. <laughs> Don't you like that? She's going to make a wonderful retiree. Yeah, isn't she? Oh, yeah. You'll be hey. the life of the party yeah. once you move I'm into the village. she wants to come on my couch. That's a <laughs> Steve, there you go. The woman in peacock blue. Okay. Oh, that's wonderful. On that note, we're yes. just going to take a break and we'll come back. I'll prepare the couch. Okay. And welcome back to the Age Stage. And we're going to continue talking about land lease, Tom. Are we really? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Stuart and Peter are going to be absolutely... They will not be happy about me talking about the alternatives. Well, I think it's it's really good to t- talk to, to our listeners it. about yeah. alternatives. Mm. Um, you asked me uh, before the break whether I would want to go into it. Yeah. Um, for me personally, because I'm a traditional builder anyway, mm. um, I still think there is a strong demand for, still for a traditional home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's whether people can afford that. That's uh-huh. the thing. And, and, and really, I think um, you may recall on one of the previous shows, I know Pete's talked about it, and I, I certainly, it's a mantra of mine. When people first started looking at retirement options, it was always lifestyle in the old days. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but progressively, as we've matured as an industry, uh, other drivers have come into the scene. Um, it was health mm. uh, because um, people are living longer, but their rigour and their frailty uh, is coming to, a, to the yes. fore. And even if you're relatively healthy, you'll find by the time you hit about 80, you know, you don't do things quite the same. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have to talk like that because I'm 58 now. So, yeah. you know, I'm old enough to live in my own villages and... <laughs> 80 doesn't seem that far away, does it? But anyway, what I was saying, that, that they are some of the realities. But I have really strongly felt since GFC, 
and that's 10 years ago now, 11 mm. years Is ago. Is it really? Now. Yeah, wow. It's by, I've actually felt that the finance and the financial arrangements uh, have really come to the fore. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, because the market penetration in in, re- in traditional retirement is only about 5% um, of the population, they are generally people that can afford it anyway, mm. and they're making good decisions, proactive decisions, mm. uh, even if there's push factors like health. Mm. You know, everybody comes in because they need to downsize and low yeah. maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody is interested in community. You know, Loneliness yeah. and isolation, while it's a big thing out there, mm-hmm. uh, and villages provide that socialization, mm. um, uh, that's not everybody's cup of tea. Yes, um, that's right. So where was I going with this? So I, I, at the moment, if I was looking at a traditional retirement, I think that um, uh, we'll continue in the mode of traditional building. Mm-hmm. If anything, closer into the city will be will become more apartment driven. Mm. Um, bit of a shame, but yeah. um, but but we have to be thinking about infrastructure for twenty years time. Yeah. And with all due respect, Paula, my age and younger, that'll be coming through at seventy five, eighty that yeah. time. Apartment living is is just going to be the way to go. I mean, I we, we sold down from fifty squares on the Esplanade three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and and we still think twenty five squares is too big. Mm. Yeah, my thirty year old son moved out of home for the first Yay. time. <laughs> Yay. The first time last time. How long has it was that lots been? Lots of tears. You know? oh, it's about three weeks. <laughs> yeah, son, he'll be back. Oh, it's, I tell you what's really <laughs> funny. I tell you what's really funny is that um, his mum sort of rings him every two days. You okay? Mm. He, he drops in. He gets a bag of goodies to go. <laughs> the only problem is he stands her up all the time. He says, I'll be around for tea, and then I oh, gets a better offer. Oh. <laughs> so that's not working for me at the moment. I might have to still take him aside and have a chat. But, yeah. So, oh, so if you're asking me what I want to do, I, I think that I prefer to um, continue in a traditional construction. Yeah. But concentrate on finance alternatives mm. because the reason I think people are making the decision to move mm. into uh, the land leased communities is 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 largely driven by finance. Mm-hmm. And I think um, if you look at the statistics, the average Australia statistics average, average Australians retiring with about seven hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's not a lot of money, and if you've got to last that out to ninety, then you've got to be sensible about what you do. Mm. That's why Encore Living's so cool because you can basically buy a four hundred and fifty five hundred thousand dollar home for a lifetime tenure for yeah. anything from about one hundred and eighty to three hundred grand, depending on what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. And then we try and package that up to pay for your fees, service fees, and so on. So, so you get a um, you get a terrific lifestyle for you know a quarter to a half of what you'd have to outlay. Mm. You have access to cash, and you can invest that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, for income and lifestyle, mm-hmm. and our average person that would come to us, our sweet spot of around six hundred thousand, um, we can probably deliver them about forty-eight thousand dollars of annual income, including their pension, with the benefits, uh, rent assistance, and so on. Give them access to capital, usually around a quarter of a million dollars, mm-hmm. and um, so it competes very well with a land lease estate, which yeah. is uh, those options. Mm. Yeah, but it's still, it's an option, and, and there'll be think, a demographic of people that that will be really good for. Oh, look, I totally agree, and, and look, and that's why, um, that's why the uh, loan licence arrangements, which both uh, Baxter, uh, Baxter mm-hmm. and um, the Village Glen have, and that's the traditional retirement concept, mm. uh, will always be relevant and always really good. Yeah. Mm. Um, one of the key aspects, in my opinion, 
um, that it does. It's a very cost-efficient deferred management fee. You don't pay until you go. Mm. But Centrelink treat the ingoing contribution on the basis that you qualify as a homeowner. Mm. So I think we've we've had this discussion before in the program, but it's worth reminding listeners is that you can sell a home in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne and lose your pension. Yes. Mm. So how do you deal with that? Yeah. And so, you know, I think that some of the innovations we'll begin to see, uh, if we haven't already, is that the ingoing contribution will have a component that reflects the property aspect and the deferred management fee related to the accommodation. But then there'll be an additional amount that is is, um, uh, provided, uh, like an annuity, if you like, Mm -hmm. that delivers an income stream associated with the service fees and the extras. Mm. And my utopia would be... Paula, you could come and live with me six months a year in Victoria, six months in Queensland, yep. and you'd only have to give me about $1.2 million, and it's all? all laid on. And oh. you would have, and in no addition couch. to your current no income, around about you know, an extra thirty grand a year income. Oh, well, how about that? That's good, doesn't it? It does. It's yeah, not too but bad. But do you have a couch? That's what I need to know. <laughs> Unlike Steve, I have the best couch in the world. You know? right. You can basically okay. swim on my couch. Oh, really? Oh, it's 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 lounge things, better know? offer. There better you offer. Go. Better <laughs> offer. Better <laughs> offer. Oh, fantastic. Okay, well, we've come to the end of the first half hour. How about that? How quick did that go, Tom? It was pretty cool. And you, Pain, all, and you did all the talking. <laughs> you did all the talking. No, just kidding. Oh, no, I really enjoyed it, guys. It's been fantastic. Yes, and this is a farewell for you. Yes, it is. Because, a bit of a swan song. Yes, it's it pretty is. we just met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not on the couch. <laughs> no, 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 but you do know that you're welcome back any time. Well, Paula, we I expect a phone call. Yes. I promise to bring the red wine and okay. we will sing or do something oh, silly. Oh, that would be wonderful. What, what do yeah, you reckon? Karaoke. No, karaoke. no problem. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll wake them all up from their afternoon sleeps. <laughs> That's morning. 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 That's morning, it? room. It's still 11 o'clock, isn't it? Of course. It? That's right. Yes, right. Uh, prepare them after for their afternoon <laughs> sleeps. <laughs> Thanks, Tom, for all your contribution to the program oh, over the last, what, year and a half, two years yeah, now? two years now, isn't it? So um, we really have appreciated it and we've loved having Encore Living uh, with us. That's so been fantastic. Best of luck in the future. Cheers, no doubt. We'll cross paths again. We will. Very okay, cool. take care. Cheers. Thanks, Bye Steve. now. Cheers. And so welcome back to The Age Stage. And joining us now is Marie Lister-Sturman uh, from Meals on Wheels. Welcome, Marie. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. That's good, that's good. Now, Marie, tell us a little bit about Meals on Wheels. I did Meals on Wheels, my goodness, it'd have to be 30 years ago now. It's been around a while, hasn't it? It has, yeah. yeah. And I used because my children didn't really have grandparents, I used to take them with me on school holidays and they loved meeting elderly people and we'd make shortbreads and do all sorts of things. Giving them food. Yeah, and, they, and uh, they got a really good education. So anyway, Marie, that's my <laughs> tell me, Tell me a little bit about Meals on Wheels from your point of view. Well, in Victoria, it's, it was um, founded in South Melbourne and I'd say somewhere like 55 years ago. Wow. wow. And it was a lady who was delivering food to soldiers that came home from the Second World War that lived alone. Yes. She was quite concerned about it and she did it on a push bike oh, with a really? big basket out the front. What was her name? Do we know? Uh, 
I do, but it's just escaped me oh, at the moment. Okay. It's all good. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have those escapes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in Victoria, um, there's probably about 90 providers of meals across the state. Really? Um, a lot of those, majority of those, I would say, are local council. So mm-hmm. the council receives the funding from the state government now. Changed to state government probably in the last three or four years. Yes. So they received the funding. So they um, source their meals best they can, and then they deliver them. Some have paid drivers. Uh, in rural Victoria, most of the deliverers are volunteers. Yes, that's right. And are all uh, you know? Are most people eligible for Meals on Wheels? Look, in saying that, I would say, yeah, I used to work for council, but I had retired and been retired for the last seven years. When I worked for council, we would give meals to anybody who required them, but sometimes people would need to pay full cost recovery mm-hmm. because if it was a TAC client or um, or other um, organisations requiring meals for somebody, they would pay full cost recovery, mm-hmm. but we would deliver meals to everybody that sourced them from it. I see. And what about, like, I remember when I was doing it, you know, it was just that I had a, a, a station wagon that was available. There were no police checks or mm. any of those things. Is is that very different these days? Yes, yeah. extremely different now. Yep. Um, police checks are required yep. for anybody going into elderly people's homes mm-hmm. delivering meals, so everybody must have a police check. Mm. Um, and that is even goes out to some corporate bodies. I know when I delivered meals, I think it was the ANZ Bank used to deliver one day or um, a month, and each person that came would need to have a police check. They would be done by the council and paid for by the council, mm-hmm. but you would need to have it before you went into the home. And it's changed a lot too because in the early days you could take a child with you or whatever, but now because of insurance reasons, um, that is not... Oh, you're not allowed. allowed. Oh, yeah, dear. That's right. Oh, my and I agree with you that combination of children and elderly people mm. is such a great mix. But yes. unfortunately, because of red tape these days, um, it's unable to be oh, done. Oh, that's sad, that's isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Another thing I noticed too from my experience was that one of the my ladies that I delivered to, she rarely had any family or anybody come to mm. the home and she'd actually fallen and broken her leg this day and I was the first person to arrive yep. and found her. Now, the mind boggles how long she would lay there had she not been on the Meals on Wheels list. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's correct. That's yeah. very, very true. Uh, and... If you look at the Meals on Wheels, the slogan for Meals on Wheels probably for the last 50 years has been just Meals on Wheels. But if you look at it now, it's got Meals on Wheels, but more than just the meal. And the more than just the meal is the monitoring, which is the most important part of the delivery. And you can't leave, probably back in the days when you used to deliver it, you could leave them in the esky at the front door, but you cannot do that now. You must cite the person. Yep. Um, and check that they're okay. I think that's a good thing. Mm. I know one gentleman, he used to be sitting at the kitchen table in his suit and he'd have all, he lived on his own, he'd have all photos of the family and war Mm. memories and all sorts of things and he just wanted someone to talk to. And I'd sit down and have a chat with him. Now, I don't know if you can do that these days either, but um, 
It's yep. a bit more difficult because you try, you, because of food safety these days, you need to get the, food, the last meal out as hot as you can. Yes. So you really do don't have a lot of time to talk. It's a bit of come in the door, talk as you're going. Yeah. Pop the meal on the table. Mm. You know, two or three minutes is fine. Yes. Um, but then you need to hop on your way so as then you can get to yeah. the last person and have that meal as hot as possible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, very different. So. Marie, what is your role with Meals on Wheels? What What's your position? Well, as I say, I worked in the industry for council for um, 20 years, and yep. to me, all the services that we delivered, Meals on Wheels was the most important because if the house doesn't get cleaned or you don't have a shower, maybe that doesn't matter quite as much as if you don't get a good food, a good food to eat. Yes. So to me, that was the most important service that we delivered. I had a passion for it, so... We mm. formed a group called, as you know, Meals on Wheels Victoria. Mm-hmm. Now, we're very different to other states. Other states have peak bodies. And so Meals on Wheels South Australia, Queensland, New South Wales are a peak body, but we're not. Oh, we're okay. people from those councils. We meet probably four times a year. And our meeting is looking at food safety right across the state, mm-hmm. um, procedures right across the state. So that's the where we actually sit. But council or some community health centres, some councils are going away from doing Meals on Wheels now and it's the community health centres are picking it up. Yeah. Um, but it's their role to source their meals where in rural Victoria, most of those meals would be sourced from the local hospital. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, in metropolitan Melbourne, we have um, Community Chef, which is a big kitchen in, East, in Altona. Uh, they do, a lot of councils put in input into those probably, they're guessing, 10 years ago. So those, a lot of those councils will source their meals from Community Chef. You'll find there's a couple of still little um, councils doing their own meals and supplying meals for a couple of other councils as well. Mm-hmm. There's um, a place called iCook, which do quite a few, and a few others that you can source them from. So... They do have a wide variety of um, places to source their meals if you're in metropolitan, but if you're in rural areas, it's usually your local hospital or nursing home or a health provider in the town. One thing I wanted to ask was um, who determines the menu? Like, uh, mm. is, there, is there a Good choice? Okay. Now, in, rural, in saying that, in rural Victoria, if you've got... I live... In, uh, well, I worked for the Murrindindi Shire Council, which included King Lake, Yay, Alexander, Eildon, Marysville, the main towns in that shire. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have meals being cooked in Eildon. The nursing home in Eildon would, would cook for that area. Alexander would cook for Alexander area, the hospital, and then they, we would get frozen meals to take out to Marysville. So you'd go out once a week and you'd take the meal of the day and then some frozen meals. If it was a a frail, very frail elderly person, home care workers or respite workers who would be in the area Mm. and live in the area would do the monitoring, etc. But that was the the only way we could get meals out there. Yay Hospital did the hospital their hospital in a yay town and then they would do frozen meal run to King Lake. So that was as best as we could do it. Because that's so a huge you would area. Yeah. Mm, you would get the meal of the day. So as they were cooking through the week, they cooked the extra meals on wheels once for the frozen delivery, mm. and they would get a variety of what was happening 
through that week and they would go out with the hot meal of the day plus frozen ones for the rest of the days of that week. Mm. In metropolitan Melbourne, very much different. They will go out with a menu and the menu might have five or six choices on it. Yes. And then the client will order off that menu. But in saying that, the menus are probably three or four weeks in advance. Right. So yeah. you're probably not going to remember what you ordered. <laughs> <laughs> you can't <laughs> say, what do I feel like today? That's right. But, of course, they'd have to have a specific nutritional value, wouldn't they, the meals? Yes. They, um, a lot of input from dietitians yes. yeah. in, into the meal, um, particularly the hospital ones, a lot of input from dietitians mm. into the meal program. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in saying that, most providers have got the uh, input of the dietitian and they all health requirements, dietary requirements, most um, sort will be able to cater for those things. And so, Marie, what about volunteering? So how would you become a volunteer these days for Meals on Wheels Victoria? You would um, ring your local council or your meal provider. I man the phone um, for... Um, Meals on Wheels Victoria, and I'll get a lot of requests from people wanting to be volunteers. I will direct them to the local council that is in their area. But in saying that, I need to say to them, I'm not sure whether they use volunteers or paid drivers. Oh, really? We need to check with that. If they use paid drivers, you may be able to find something else. They'll have in-home programs for Mm -hmm. elderly people where they come and meet once a week, share a meal, etc. And quite a lot of those programs are looking for volunteers to help. Mm. So there may be other areas in that council who use paid drivers to deliver their meals. They may have somewhere else where you can um, volunteer to help out. Okay, so people would, our listeners would just contact the council would be the best idea. If they yes, the local council, and if, they, if it actually is the community health centre in that area, they'll certainly direct people to where the meals okay. are being um, delivered yeah. from. All right, Marie. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today about Meals on Wheels. It's always interesting, and um, it, like I said, it was a, a passion of mine when I was a lot younger too, and, um, and yes, it's great it to very, see very that it's still going. Service. Yes. And a lot of people think that you can just duck down the supermarket. That might be a bit cheaper to get a, meal, a frozen meal, mm. but they haven't got that input that the elderly people no. need with the protein. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you get older, you need more protein yes. in your diet and things like that. And yes. You know, a lot of people think, oh, low fat. Well, elderly people do need a bit of fat to keep a bit of condition on. So as oh. when they do strike some sort of illness, they've got a little bit in reserve to help them out. Yes. When it was the Christmas time, I used to make like oh, dozens and dozens of shortbreads. Mm. Uh, yeah. you, you probably wouldn't be allowed to do that these days. And I'd pack them up and the kids would mm-hmm. put them in cellophane and and they loved them, you know. Yes, they do. So, yeah. They do. And it's interesting because it's um, National Meals on Wheels uh, Day um, on the last Wednesday of this month. Oh, okay. And a lot of councils will um, do something a little bit extra mm. when they deliver the meal. So they might take a basket of fruit to let people choose a piece of fruit or... Yeah. Um, yes, or um, one council do cupcakes. Okay. It's just something just a little bit extra for National Meals on Wheels. Now, I'm not sure what the date is because I'm not near the calendar, but it's last Wednesday in the month. No no glass of wine or <laughs> a piccolo or anything <laughs> like that. I had a lovely gentleman who'd lost his wife, and one of the old-style gentlemen had no idea how to cook. Oh. And every day that I would deliver a meal to him, 
not that they did it every day, but every time, he would have the glass of wine, the wine poured, oh, waiting for the delivery of the meal. Table oh. set, just waiting to go. And I thought, oh. that's just what I'll love. Yes. <laughs> the glass of wine yeah. with the meal. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. Yeah. Thank you, Marie. Thank you You're very welcome. much. Have a great day. You too. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. And you are on RWPFM and you're listening to The Age Stage. Yes. Paula. Yes, Steve. Did you ever watch a show called MASH? Oh, I did. I loved it. MASH was good, wasn't it? Was it was yeah. a great show. And one of the great actors from MASH was Alan Alder. It was. Yeah, he was great, actually. He's, he's gone on, actually, to do some many great films. did some great stuff for Woody Allen a few years he ago, did. too. Yeah. Yes, he did. He's yeah. a very, very good actor. Anyway, yeah. what you may or may not know mm-hmm. is that... He's been dealing with Parkinson's disease. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. And um, he's he's quite brave to come out and want to talk about it. Yes. And recently on American TV show, he did exactly that. He came out and talked about it. I've got to play that for you now. Oh, really? That'd be great, Steve. Yeah, I'd love that. Here's Alan. The US actor Alan Order, star of MASH and The West Wing, has revealed he has Parkinson's disease. The 82-year-old has been speaking to the hosts of CBS this morning about why he's gone public now, more than three years after he was diagnosed. I asked for a scan because I thought I might have it. Mm. I read an article that indicated that if you act out your dreams, that might be a very early symptom that where nothing else shows. By acting out your dreams, I mean I was having a dream that someone was attacking me and I threw a sack of potatoes at them. But what I was really doing is throwing a pillow at my wife. Wow. 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 What other symptoms did you start to notice? I didn't have any symptoms. The nothing. doctor said, why do you want to scan? You don't have any wow. symptoms. And I said, I want to know if there's anything I can do. I want to do it mm-hmm. before things start to show up. And so months later, a little twitch in my thumb, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing I want folks to know, and this is not to shortchange people who are suffering with really severe symptoms. You know, symptoms can get very bad and their families can suffer. But in the very beginning, to be immobilized by fear and think the worst thing has happened to you. It hasn't happened to you. You still have things you can do. Yeah. I, I'm taking boxing lessons. <laughs> Three days a week, I read. Three times a week. Yeah. I do uh, singles tennis a couple of times a week. Yeah. I march to Sousa music. Right. Because marching to march music is good for Parkinson's. I mean, you talk about the initial reaction to this. Did you have a, an initial fear? You know, I was mainly helping my family not be worried. Yeah. Because it, it's common for us all to go to the worst yes. thought. Of course, sure. But what's interesting is this is a disease that's different for almost everybody who has it. Huh. Mm-hmm. There are some common symptoms, but mo- mostly everybody's different. And each day is different from the next. One day you wake up, you think, oh, it's over, it's gone. The next day it's back a little worse. But the main thing is there's stuff you can do. You know how I look at it? It's like a puzzle to be solved. Mm-hmm. What do I have to adapt to to carry on a normal life? You, and and and, and I'm, no, I'm, I'm enjoy, I enjoy it. solving puzzles. It's, yeah. it's really fun. Well, you have a remarkably optimistic, can-do attitude about a disease that a lot of people are scared about, but also angry when they have these yeah, diagnoses. That's, but that's true. your staff says you have displayed no signs of I'm anger. I'm glad to hear from my staff. <laughs> say that. That's, no, that's encouraging. That's good. I don't know how you it's look from the outside. You know? I mean, really. But I'm not angry. I'm, how I'm are you angry. not angry? Because. Uh, 
it's a challenge. You know, you you got to cross the street. There are cars coming. How do you get across the street? You mm-hmm. don't just sit on the pavement and say, well, I guess I'll never cross the street again. You find a way to do it. I mean, there are people who have really severe symptoms that they have to face, mm-hmm. and that's difficult. It's not so difficult to say, oh, look, I got a little bit of a shake. So so you got to shake. Yeah. And it hasn't stopped my life at all. I've, I've had a richer life than I've had up until now. Alan Order on the CBS network. There you go. Gee, that was so interesting, Steve. He's a fascinating man, isn't, isn't he? Isn't he? Absolutely wonderful and inspirational too. Yeah. Because he brings humour into exactly. whatever's happening. Yeah. So and that's, that's what's so great about yeah, him. It is. Yeah, it is. That, that humour is still there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Although, he, like, he can be, even in some of the roles he's played in recent years, he's played very uh, solid characters, politicians. Yes. And evil, corrupt corporate yes. guys. And yes, stuff. he has. But there's always that little glint in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> A double meaning to something. There's that little yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But that was really great. Very interesting. We're out of time. Here we are, another end of a program. It's flown yes, by. It What's has. going on? So you have a great week, Steve. Yes, I'll try and keep away from the uh, lemon and rose bushes. Try this and week. do that. Yes, yes. Ring that phone number and get that man in. I will. Bye <laughs> now. Thank Bye you now. very much. Bye now.